Stuff You Don't Need to Know presents Runaways Recap. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know, and this is a Runaways recap. So, Season 2 of The Runaways came out not too long ago, and what I decided to do, instead of watching the entire season and kind of reporting on it in one big thing, or just going episode by episode, I kind of broke it up into parts. Uh, This season, the second season, is 13 episodes, so I figured we'll go three episodes at a time, and then the final one, of course, will be sort of the season finale there and what the future of this show really is going to be. So, love this show, love the first season. Second season is back. The trailer really got me excited. It looked like it's really going to be action-packed. Something that I think fans or detractors of the show were really clamoring about that. The entire first season, there's very little action. Um, while I felt they kind of stuck close to the source material but tweaked it for television, a lot of people felt like it wasn't following the comic book page for page. Um, you know, the big thing is, is they don't run away until the end of the first season really where if you were kind of following the progression of the comic book that first run of the runaways uh they pretty much ran away right off the bat but i really enjoyed it because the first season really went in depth to look at these characters especially the parents you know the parents of these kids in the comic books we know very little about them we kind of just really know their backgrounds but We really don't know much more than that. And here, we really got to know the parents in the first season, and we're getting to know them even more in the second season. So, first three episodes, Gimme Shelter, Radio On, and Double Zeros. I mean, the season started off with a bang, and by the time we got to the end of the third episode, I was psyched. I was looking for more. Um So what happens? Well, the kids are on the run. They are framed for the murder of Destiny, the young girl that the Pride killed in the beginning of season one uh, as a sacrifice, as we find out, to this mysterious being known as Jonah. So they're on the run. They're trying very hard to survive on the streets. And that's the thing is, you know, say what you want about these kids. I mean... They come from wealthy backgrounds. They really come from means. So for for them to really survive on the streets, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, they really don't know what they're doing. They don't know where to go. They're very disorganized, despite Alex's best efforts to try to really be the leader and kind of direct these guys. I mean, it pretty much starts off with Chase losing the Fistagons to like uh, like a skater type guy or uh he's uh like looks like a bmx uh guy uh apparently you know they they fell asleep this kid found them he found the fistagons and you know that's really how this show starts off um you know still the camp here the kids here they're kind of all divided they don't know what that you know should they leave should they fight their parents and confront them should should they try to figure out more what's going on um you know and we really sort of see you know on the one hand molly youngest is the one who's really raring to go um she really feels that look we all have powers here we could really be doing some good not necessarily fighting their parents or fighting jonah almost you know kind of kind of like the molly in the comic books i mean she really sort of feels that they're superheroes and 
you know, with, with this great power that they have, oh, here it comes with great power comes great responsibility. Um, you know, but she really feels that they should do that. Uh, Alex is really more for, let's kind of hang back. Let's try to form a plan. Let's try to strategize. But the thing is, is they have real world issues. Uh, they have no place to go, no place to sleep, no food to eat. Um, you know, we saw in season one, we saw Alex meeting with Darius. Darius, of course, uh, used to run with his father, with Alex's father, Jeffrey. Back in the day, they were in a gang. Uh, Jeffrey ran the gang. Darius was kind of like his number two. Uh, Darius, of course, took a, a murder rap so Jeffrey could get out and pretty much become part of the pride and go from there. And he really left Darius in the dust. Um so we saw that Alex had gone to him, had gotten a gun, had gotten some money. Well, it's all gone now. It got stolen. So really, this is what we have is, is you know, these kids are really struggling. They're, they're really just trying to find, um, they're just really trying to find their way. So Alex pretty much has the idea of just, he's, he's got to contact Darius again. Uh, Darius, it's, it's kind of strange here, you know. Darius is sort of like, look, he's got the son of his enemy here. There's many things he could do. He could he could harm him. Um, you know, he could turn him in. But it seems like he's almost kind of mentoring him. Uh, is he doing it to get back at Jeffrey? Is he doing it because that's just the type of person that Darius is? He sees something in Alex. We're not really sure. But he pretty much tells Alex, like, look, if you want money, you got to work for it. And you're thinking, oh, man. Here we go. You know, what's Alex getting himself into? Well, you know, Darius's wife, Livy, is pregnant. And, um, you know, it's Alex is painting the baby room. He's setting up the furniture. You know, he's he's kind of doing household chores. We do see him doing some other stuff. We do kind of see him making drop-offs, pickups, things like that. Illegal, yeah, but, you know, Darius isn't really putting him in harm's way there. Um and we see that uh, while he's while Alex is there, uh, he meets this young girl, and her name is Livy. Sorry, uh, Darius's wife is not named Livy. Um, Livy is sort of like his um, his sister in law. That's Darius's sister in law, and she's Alex's age. And they really kind of hit it off and everything. And uh, you know, Alex, because Alex is still feeling the sting of Nico and um, Carolina hooking up. So, looks like he's got a little girlfriend going on here, but he's not the only one who's sneaking away. Carolina's sneaking away to meet with Jonah, who she discovered is her biological father. Jonah really wants to teach her. He wants to really show her who she really is and what she could really do. And we see that he begins to teach her how to use and control her powers. Another sneaker out, Molly. Molly is again she's like we have powers we should be out there doing something especially after they learned of the death of uh graciela graciela of course was molly's sort of like long lost aunt i believe um when the heat was on in season one and it looked like harm was going to come to molly uh the yorkses who were looking out for her knew of graciela they they took molly there asked her to take care of her of course molly ran away with the rest of the kids uh graciela is now going on tv saying you know these these pride people you know everybody thinks they're so great and they're doing all this charitable work but i know because she has the tape molly left the tape that her parents had made saying that look this crater that 
we're digging for Jonah, there's something down there. And if we unearth it, it's just going to cause catastrophic earthquakes. Pretty much, you know, half of California is going to sink out into the ocean. You know, we're talking epic devastation here. So Graciela knows all about this. Uh, The Yorks and Tina Minaru go to pay her a visit. And the Yorks are really trying to, you know, they're not violent people. I mean, they are clearly big hippies here. So they're sort of looking like, hey, come on. Tell us what you know about Molly. Give us the tape. And they have the serum, of course, to erase her mind. But Graciela, you know... She doesn't play that. Uh, you know, she she attacks them. And that's when Tina comes in. And Tina, with the staff of one, pretty much kills her. Um, we learn, you know, Molly learns about this. And she feels that, you know, if she had been there, she could have saved Graciela. And she's like, look, there's people like her out there. And we need to fight for them. Um, really, really interesting stuff here that we see that, you know, the dynamic with... Um, that we see with... <clears throat> excuse me. The dynamic with these kids here is... Like I said, they're really struggling to live on the streets, but they're kind of starting to to kind of get these defined roles here. You know, Alex is the leader. Uh, Nico is sort of his number his number two there because when Alex is really is away with Darius earning money, she's pretty much stepping up. Um, she's making the tough calls. Uh, she's the one who says, "Look, <clears throat> you know what? When we face off with our parents, we face off with Jonah. We were." very underprepared we were actually very lucky that we escaped that we escaped with our lives things could have been a lot worse starting tomorrow we're going to learn to work together and fight together as a team but she realizes in order to do that she needs the staff and they are calling it this season the staff of one all you know last season um tina had told nico that it was really a piece of tech from whiz tech that her company had made and this and that they're calling it the staff of one now so we see Molly, Carolina, and Nico go to the Minaru home and um, with the intent really of just getting uh, of getting the staff of one. Carolina reveals that she has better control of her powers, which kind of freaks out uh, Nico a little bit. You know, she's sort of like, how'd you learn all this? You know, what's going on here? Uh, they go into the house and... Nico's dad is there and he's very reasonable. He's very rational. He's trying to get her, please come home. She'll have none of it. Then she realizes, wait a minute, this is a good cop, bad cop thing. Where is she? Well, Tina's waiting out there with the staff of one. And she's like, we could do this the easy way or the hard way. And Nico pretty much is like, we are doing this the hard way. Um, You know, I stopped being your daughter or you stopped being my mom pretty much around the time that Amy dies. Um, and, you know, that's it. You know, this isn't my home anymore. You're not my family anymore. And I'm coming for the staff. And the three of them face off against Tina. And Tina really holds her own against them. Uh, and again, you know, it's really Tina's a very interesting character because she kind of has that tiger mom persona. And, uh, you know, we saw that in season one. But then we also saw towards the end that she did have some compassion in her. But right right back again here when she's facing off against the three of them, I mean, you know, she she stuns Carolina. Uh, Molly gets in a good shot on her, but Tina pretty much uses the staff and tosses her into the pool and freezes it over. I mean, pretty much traps her in there. She's going to drown this girl. And it's sort of like, you know, give up or I'm going to kill your friend here. And it does not look like Tina is bluffing. Um, you know... 
Nico pretty much screams at her, like, look, this is this is it. You know, your your whole attitude, your whole this is this is why Amy is dead. You know, her sister. This is why Amy is dead. And and Tina kind of relents. She lets Molly go and she says to Nico, she's like, Look, I'll give you a choice. Take the staff and leave. But, you know, if you do that, then you really aren't my daughter anymore and you're on your own. She says, or or come home. Nico doesn't hesitate. She takes the staff and they leave. You know, Nico is getting stone cold here. Um, she really feels betrayed by her parents on so many levels. Um, she really realizes that they're the reason that her sister is dead, um, that her life has pretty much been the way it is, is because of their involvement with Jonah and the fact that it seems that, especially her mother, puts all this stuff, all this, you know, with the pride, working with Jonah, whatever power and glory they're after seem to take precedence over, you know, Nico and the rest of her family. Um, you know, after what she learned in season one, it almost seemed that Tina really didn't care that Amy had died. She was more interested in, in covering it up or trying to make it look like a, a suicide than a, than a murder. So Nico now has the staff of one. Carolina's controlling her powers better. Uh, but really all is not well because uh, Gert, Gert is off her medication. You know, she's on the run. A lot of her medications uh, that I guess she uses for issues such as anxiety, ADHD, what have you, uh, she's not on them anymore, and it's really wreaking havoc with her. And when it wreaks havoc with her, it wreaks havoc with her pet dinosaur there, Old Lace. And um, she's really struggling. She's really struggling to try to keep herself together, to be a part of the team. Uh, and she's really struggling in her relationship with Chase. But the thing is, Chase is really turning out to be a good guy. Uh, you know, he pretty much tells Gert, like, you know, look, I really am into you. I know that when you and I hooked up uh, at the school dance, we both figured that that was the last, that was our last night on earth. But here we are, and here I am, and I'm here for you um, because I want to see this relationship grow. But, you know, Gert really is struggling. Uh, you know, we kind of see her a little bipolar, maybe, a little manic, a little depressive. She's kind of all over the place. Um, you know, one moment she's snuggling there with Chase. The next moment she's totally snapping at him for any little thing that he does. Chase, of course, you know, he may be a technical genius, totally clueless with girls, pretty much relies on his his love doctor there, Molly, uh, asks Molly for advice. And, you know, he's thinking, look, maybe I should stay away. Maybe I should give her her space. And she's like, you're a moron. That's the opposite. Gert needs you. You help Gert. You keep her level. You keep her calm. You know, yeah, she's going to push you away and, and she's going to be who she is. But that just means that she really cares about you. She loves you. And she and even though she won't say it, she really does need you. So we start to see this team gel together. But they're all wondering, where's Alex? Alex has been missing for a few days. I mean, he's hanging out with Darius. He's hanging out with Livy. He's trying to get a life there. I mean, it kind of almost looks like he's maybe sort of thinking that this is his way out. You know, maybe he can have a life like this. Maybe not necessarily in the Los Angeles area. Maybe somewhere else. Um, but what we find out is, is that Darius made a deal behind his back. He called Jeffrey and he's like, look let's let's make a deal you know i i know i have alex i will gladly turn him over to you but i want some things in return you know because the property 
that they're doing the dig at uh, for Jonah. Uh, it was a property that was kind of, it was originally kind of co-owned by Darius and Jeffrey. And, you know, after some wheeling dealing, it's pretty much Jeffrey that owns it. And Darius was left out in the cold. This is what Darius wants. He he wants that property back. You know, he pretty much wants the lifestyle that Jeffrey has because he feels if he hadn't taken that fall for Jeffrey, you know, role reversal, you know, he'd be the guy on top now. Uh, he wouldn't be struggling where he is and he'd be li- living the good life. He turns Alex over. Uh, you know, he gets money, he gets, uh, he pretty much gets the deed to the dig site and Jeffrey gives him a key to a suite at a very swanky hotel. Once he gets there though, he finds Alex's mom waiting and, you know, we find out, you know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey is a stone cold gangster. He's an OG, you know, he doesn't play, but his wife, she doesn't play either. You know, Darius pretty much realizes that, it wasn't so much that Jeffrey was turning his back on his friends. It was the influence of his wife. She was the one that was, because she said, you know, yeah, he wanted to hang out with you, but that's foolishness. You know, we had bigger and better things to do and it didn't include you, Darius. And, you know, I'm here to take care of all that. So she kills him and frames him for the murder of destiny, thinking that if they clear the kids, the kids might feel like they're no longer on the run and and maybe they'll come back. But it definitely doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I mean, they all feel that their parents have done some horrible things. And the whole thing with this dig site and whatever it is that's down there, they, they know that it's really up to them to stop them. Checking in with Jonah, we find that, um, you know, ever since the chamber that he sort of uses uh, to kind of help revive himself, since that failed and since his sort of confrontation with the kids and especially Carolina, uh, you know, his energy is starting to deplete. He's starting to deteriorate again. Um, We see Victor Chase. Victor Chase, you know, at the end of the first season was shot by his own wife and he's kind of in a stasis there. Uh, He's, you know, Jonah comes to him and he's like, I need you to build me a new revital chamber revival chamber here um you know kind of basically saying yeah you're healing and and when you're all healed i'll let you out but it's really sort of like he's holding him hostage he's like do this for me and i will let you out uh so victor starts to do it but you know he realizes that he really can't do it on his own and he said you know i need my wife only my wife could help me because let's not forget that his wife Pretty much before she met him, I mean, she was an amazing scientist herself. Uh, She was an astrophysicist. Uh, She was developing a lot of theories on her own. She is probably on Victor's level, if not smarter than him. The thing is, you know, she wants something in return. You know, she'll help Jonah out. She'll reach out to her husband to kind of help him get back on track and sort of develop this new revival chamber. But the thing is, is she has a copy of the text that Jonah has that uh, they use when they do all these ceremonies and things like that, but it's it's in an alien language. And she has been working very hard to try to translate it, but she knows that if she could speak to Victor, Victor could definitely help her out. So Jonah arranges it. Uh, you know, Victor is sort of in a coma, but through these devices that he has, um, you know, he's able to enter his subconscious, so Victor's wife enters his subconscious as well. 
uh, basically, you know, trying to be there to calm down, to calm him down. But Victor is is calm seeing her and he he really apologizes and he really tells her that for most of their married life, he's been a horrible person and, and more than anything, he wants to make it up to her. And she says, well, you can start by helping me, you know, how do we break this language, you know, this, this, this code that Jonah uses. And Victor is like, well, it's easy. Math is the universal language. Just throw math at it. Throw uh, relativity, gravitational equations. Just, just try to use one of those as your cipher. And we see that she does do it. And by the end of the third uh, episode, she has unlocked it. And, you know, we kind of get a cliffhanger there with her starting to translate this text to Jonah. Uh, we see that when Jeffrey is taking Alex, you know, basically saying, look, you, me, your mother, we're getting out of here. We're getting away from Jonah and all them. Alex uses his burner phone. He calls Nico and pretty much, you know, uh, puts it on speaker so she could hear what's going on, hear that, uh, you know, he's been caught and he's being taken. The kids come in and they do rescue him. Uh, Nico starts to use the staff. And this is really where she starts to learn that, uh, you know, she can't do the same spell twice because... 